here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, uh, joined by Scampy, you can hear in the background, and David McDonald. Uh, Damon, word on the street is you've been cheating on me with another podcast. Oh, well, listen, uh, there's, there's enough of me to go around, Joel. Actually, there really isn't because I'm really tired. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, John Carroll has his wrestling, is that, how's he pronounced it? Omakase, is it? Uh, is that how it's pronounced, Joel? I'm terrible. I think it's... Omakaze. Okay. I, I I don't know, but I know that means like chefs. It, it, it's, oh. Uh-oh. What's happening over there now? What? Uh, we are in the middle of an award-winning famous podcast and there's there's hijinks over there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know. What's happening? Give us an update. I just She's... heard a, a tumbling noise and Mally's just laughing ahead of in the background. Mally, what happened? What happened? Get your microphone over there, Joel. What yeah, get your microphone get over here. The boss, the boss, like, say how on the bed like it. And then the girl just said, like... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what happened? Joel, can you, can you give us an update here? We have breaking All right. news, apparently. What's going on over there in China? <laughs> There's a shoebox perched precariously on the edge of the bed. And Gati was sitting on top of the shoebox and wobbling back and forth. And then the shoebox fell off and so did Gati. And apparently that's the funniest thing in the world, according to my wife. That's it. That's all that happened. That's it. That's literally it. Oh. All right. Listen, if anything else happens, break in. You know, you have carte blanche to give us the, give us the news. Give us the, uh, the cat news uh, on the show. But my goodness gracious. Does she know who you are? I know, I'm, I'm a big deal. My office smells of rich mahogany. It doesn't, <laughs> it smells like cats at the moment, but there you go. Um, back to Omakase. Yeah. It's like a chef's selection. I think it means trust or something, like where you let the chef choose what you're going to eat and the chef will make a little uh, choice selection of all the best things of the day. Oh, I've heard that before. Okay. I just can't pronounce words. You ever see that, that uh, skit? Where uh, the substitute teacher is like, D nice, D nice. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was like a, a comedy about a language school or something, wasn't it? I don't know if it was a language. It was like he was just like a substitute teacher, and he's uh, he's he's uh, you know doing roll call, and he's like, D nice. It's Denise, and he's like, you know, that, that's me. Anywho, uh, we're starting off hot here, man. We've got. Uh, this is a dumpster fire already. Yes, I was on the show. Uh, we talked New Japan Cup, and we talked New Japan Cup for uh, a good 
probably two over two hours, right? Uh, and we had picks, and we had a lot of different uh, ways you could go, and we're talking people into different scenarios. And as, and honestly, I thought the time flew by. I had a great time on it. And uh, so please, if you uh, by the time this is re- this will be released today, so it'll be later down the week. Keep your eye out for it. Keep your eye out for it? Why would you keep your eye out for it? Yeah, you keep your eye out for it because you want to keep your ear out for it. Um, it it's just good. Uh, I highly recommend it. We had fun. It was me, John Carroll. It was at Andy. What's his name? And I, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do names because I fucking forget. But it was good. Listen to it. That's my ringing endorsement. Well, I looked it up. Omakase is a Japanese phrase that means I'll leave it up to you. So on this show, you are doing your New Japan Cup pickums, mm-hmm. right? So there is a contest going on that you can join run by voices of wrestling so if you go to challenge.com that's like the word challenge but with an c-h-a-l-l-o-n-g-e.com forward slash v-o-w-n-j cup 19 then you can enter the pick'em competition which i've had a lot of fun looking at because some people have put in the funniest names for their entries and i'm going to read out quite a few of my favorites some little shout outs here God, oh. I'm just terrified. I know. <laughs> like, just stay away from anything sharp, Joel, at this point. Like, any mirrors or any glass, just stay the fuck away. This is a very dangerous situation. You're yeah, in. and listeners won't know this, but last week, Gatti jumped on my MacBook and ended up stopping my recording. Yeah. Which caused a whole lot of problems for Editor Dan, so I'm just constantly on edge. Anyway, I'm going to read out some of these names, which are really funny. Gado is overrated. Watch All Japan. Thank Christ Cody isn't in this one, am I right? Ibushi will get lost on his way to the MSG show. My name's John, and I thank God every day that the elite are fucking gone. Clarence Bodica's Bitches Leave, which is a nice little tribute to one of my favourite movies, Robocop. This is what crisps look like. Hashtag Sonata is a comedy wrestler. Damon's Pants. <laughs> iron Finger My Bum Hole. What? Wait, 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 wait. Cares. Iron Finger My, iron finger my Bung Hole. My bum hole. But, okay, all right. Same difference. Okay, I like that one. That was a nice one. Joe Lanza needs to be gatekeeped. Ah. Down at the Kota, Kota Cabana. Riley Reed loves Damon McDonald. Uh-huh. Uncle Damon's Magic Music Hour. Damon loves fantasy booking. There's a lot of love you here, Damon. <laughs> that was great. I'm going to place higher than both Joel and Damon, and that's entered by Real Scampy. Damon loves Menudo. What's Menudo? That's that uh, that boy band in the eighties uh, from Mexico that uh, Ricky Martin started in. Okay, I've never heard of it. Yeah, come on. Uncle Damon's favorite nephew. Naito is a big dumb Morgoth and has worse hair than Kenneth Star Omega. <laughs> I'm canceling M- MPJW World unless Taichi wins. The physical embodiment of Damon's ROH hates. Wow. Pants down for Scampy. This one really made me mad. Shenmue is a three star game. No, it isn't. Oh. <laughs> this is a good one. All capital letters. Bring back Colin. Wow. Bring yeah. back Colin. Well, I, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll, you, you want an insider scoop? You want some inside scoop, people? Uh, I actually talked to Colin uh, last week. Little, little chat. Little, little, little New Japan chat. Uh, he's not a hardcore watcher. He's, 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 he's in the loop for the bigger shows. Uh, I specifically asked if he... Uh, uh, cause he always complained about getting to New York. Like he hated go like he, once you like in the city, like he didn't want to go to like, uh, shows at Hammerstein were a little bit of a pain in the ass, but like, I, I was like, Madison Square Garden, Penn Station, you just fucking go. He's like, nah, I'm not going. I was like, all right. Um, 
but yes, that is that is the Colin update. He is alive and well, and uh, and 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 shockingly, people were still friends. So uh, how about that? Get Colin to MSG. Yeah, make it happen. I listen. I'd love to see him. I haven't seen him in. I mean, I only saw him physically once. Um, but yeah, I just I just, you know, I wanted to. I want him to be okay. I want him to be well, and he and he is, and that's you know, that's all I care about. And I, and you know what? I texted him over the holidays too. Like I, because I, uh, I know his family's very into the holidays, and so and, and sometimes that's a little bit of a struggle for him. <laughs> sometimes he's like, I got to go fucking home, and I don't want to do it. Uh, so I texted him over the holidays as well. See, so see here, here you go. I'm a, I'm a good egg. I'm a good guy. I look out for people. See, it's got to give me some. And I'll give him this as well. I don't recall any episodes of the New Japan Purocast that were sabotaged by cats running around and screaming. That's so, for fucking sure. Yeah. I, I don't blame this guy who wants Colin back. I suck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> G- give me Colin's number. I'll call him myself. <laughs> oh, come on. No, we love Joel. Joel's funny and uh, he's uh, got a wit. No, no, stop that. Stop that. I've got two more. All okay. right. Brannigan's roast beef and mustard, which big thumbs up from me because that's one of my favorite types and flavors of crisp. Last one, Yano's curry is literally cheese flavored with a taste worse than Damon's taste in music. Oh, go fuck yourself! Seriously, that's shit. I got I got really good taste in music, and here's what I got. And I'll tell you what: name me another let me name me another dude dude my age that has this. I I keep up on the current music. I mean, not like you know fucking SoundCloud rappers and bullshit like that, but in the genres that I like. I keep I keep pretty current. There's plenty of current bands that I like. Drab Majesty, love them. Love DMAs, love them. Uh, so yeah, and listen, my taste is really good. I, I I'll tell you what, I'll put my taste up against your tastes, pal. Better than yours. I got bands that stand the test of time that are arc- iconic. That shit, fly by night nonsense. How fucking dare you? I'm done. Yes, I'm. I'm on your side, Damon. I know nothing about music, so as far as I'm concerned, you are the godfather of musical hot takes. Thank you. In a good way. Thank you. Listen, did you have a Columbia House uh, 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 record club thing? I did. Actually, you know what I did uh, the other day? I, I went record shopping again. Oh, I'm. I'm really getting addicted to it. It's really. It's really. Uh, it's. It's taking care of my disposable income, Joel. Uh, I got a. I showed you the Duran Duran album that I got, and, you, and I know nobody cared, but I was. was I couldn't believe I found it. Um, and yesterday I got uh, one of the one of the all time classics. I got NXS Kick on vinyl. So great album. You like NXS, Joel? Do you know NXS? No, I've never heard of them. You never heard of them? Music. I I stink at music stuff. I don't know anything about music. You've heard one. Song. I listen to like wrestling music and uh, video game soundtracks and. <laughs> classical music just you've a heard, mishmash of you've, terrible things you've been to weddings and you've heard never tear us apart no never tear us apart you know never you don't need you tonight I need you tonight cause I'm not sleeping come on no I don't know any you don't know most of the weddings that I've been to uh, Thai weddings uh-huh. Because uh, the point in my life where people were getting married, I was living in Bangkok, so a lot of Thai weddings, and they don't play. I mean, they don't play much music at all in Thai weddings. There was a lot of that. What was that shit K-pop song, Gangnam Style? That was uh, all the rage back then. Yeah, that is horrible. 
That, that where'd that guy go? He's he's falling off the face. He's he's probably just in this mansion somewhere with a harem of women and cocaine living the life. <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, yes. That but that was a hurtful take, and uh, I challenge. I'll I'll take the. Hey, listen. You want to follow me on Spotify? Damon McDay. Right? And we'll compare playlists. My playlist will beat your playlist any day of the week, pal. Any day of the week. Jerk. Let's have a cartwheel death match for the playlist. Yeah. I'll, and, and here's the thing. My playlist names are all fucking great. Fucking great. Great playlist names. Ain't gonna beat me on the playlist name game. That's for sure. I've been making playlists when they were fucking cassettes. Sitting there taping like a maniac. With two fucking cassettes. Come on. Challenge me to a playoff. I'll... Oh, you. All right, now I'm, now I'm wound up. Now I'm hot. Let's talk pro wrestling. Okay. News. First bit of news. A sad bit of news here. David Finley, suffering from a dislocated shoulder, is out of the New Japan Cup, mm. which is a big disappointment because I thought he had a decent chance of going on a nice little run there. I think he would have beaten Tenzan, and then there was the chance in the next round to most likely have a match with Tanahashi, which really could have helped him take a big step forward. And now that opportunity is gone. How big a blow do you think this is for David Finley? It's uh, here. Here's the thing. Like when we were discussing this last week, you know, the, the feedback we were getting was that it's not going to be that big of a, of, of an injury. And, you know, separated shoulder. That's, I mean, uh, great. You pop it back in, but, you know, still there's there's there could be ligament damage, there could be cartilage damage, there could be. You know, I'm not a doctor. I play one on a podcast, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it is discouraging because it is another feels like another setback at a time when that yeah that could have been a, a nice little you know not not he's not going to the finals or nothing, but yeah, uh, get a big win over a legend. Hope you know you would think if you're looking at your brackets. And then, you know, having a really solid match against, we'll, we'll say Tanahashi, why not? Uh, that, that could put some shine on your 2019, and, and now that's going to be on pause for a second. Every time he's got the tap on the shoulder, I can only remember two singles matches off the top of my head last year, both against JY, but both of them I thought were really good. So I was excited to see him getting a chance just to have a singles match, because as we know, those are relatively protected in New Japan. So... Hopefully he can come back and, and pick up where he left off. He was doing well in Ring of Honor, so I think he'll be fine. But there's a big question now who replaces him. And this is one of the drawbacks of having that 32-team feel because it's hard to find someone who can fill that exact spot. Someone who presumably could get a win over Tenzan because I don't know if you want Tenzan having two singles matches at the New Japan Cup. Right. I, the, the Tenzan against Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. So you need someone who could beat Tenzan and then who could put in a good showing against Tanahashi and get himself over in defeat. So I don't know who you could replace him with. A lot of people have suggested Ayato Yoshida, which seems like a good shout because, well, he's one of the few people that aren't involved in this. But then can you have Yoshida beating Tenzan? Does he have enough rank and tenure to be able to do that and then go on to lose to Tanahashi? Right. Yeah, I mean, everything that you mentioned is is accurate. And and were the concerns that I had, in the sense of you, you, the expectation of a Tanahashi second round match, you know, unless Tanahashi gets like one of those those Yano esque two minute wins, I mean, do you want to see Tenzan in a in a 
10, 15-minute match? I don't think anybody does. First of all, on that list, him. He doesn't want to do that, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's been talk, and you, you, you can see it online, on the internet, with uh, Taguchi kind of throwing his name in the, into, the, into the mix. He's a junior, though. Let's keep that in mind. Not unless he's one of the bigger juniors. Uh, but it- Also, he does have the added caveat. He's got the little storyline going where he wants to be the 69th IWGP heavyweight champion. So right. I think just by virtue of that, you could throw him in there. I think people would forgive that. I think so, too, given the circumstances. And here's the thing, too. I don't want another young lion in there. Because then that it feels like it takes away the shine from the one young lion that is in there, right? If you add another one in the mix, it does kind of dilute that specialtiness of having the one young lion in there that you, you're putting the spotlight on. So, yeah, Taguchi, I think, is a good fit. Um, you, and again, I've heard some feedback. Why don't we just use some Ring of Honor? We can't. They're busy. TK Orion. Oh. Medium Cass. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I'll be in Japan before he is again. All right. Let's put it that way. Uh, there, you know, that's, you can't, there's nobody to use. There's nobody you can, you can slide in like a Jeff Cobb or anybody like that. They're, they're going to be booked. Now, which is weird because Cole Cabana does um, commentary, but he's okay to be in the tournament. <laughs> we don't need you for this show, Cole. You can, you can, you can see where his priorities lie. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, gun to my head, as the kids say, let's go with uh, Taguchi in that role. I think that's a good fit. He could definitely lose in the first round if needed. He could definitely win in the first round. I mean, that's, that wouldn't be shocking as well, even though, he, again, he is a junior. Um, it wouldn't be that, that far of a stretch, and uh, we can go from there. Sticking with the issue of Colt Cabana, there's a little excerpt from his podcast here, and this is courtesy of at LuchaBlog on Twitter. He says, unexpected takeaway from Colt Cabana's podcast is five-time IWGP tag team champion Tangaloa is not signed to a contract while never really pushed but came up through the dojo Finley is. So how surprised are you by hearing that Tangaloa is not under contract? Huh. A little bit. Right? You would think if if that is the case and that is accurate, that's... uh, I could have sworn he was. No, mate, no. Uh, wait, 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 wait. So Tama Tonga has a contract. Tonga Loa doesn't have a contract. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, but still, he. You're right. He does. He seems to always have the tag straps. He's then they're always in the mix. Uh, I guess Gato just doesn't really give a shit about the yeah, <laughs> tag titles, like, does he? If, I mean, I mean, you know, if um, Tangaloa f- were to defect to another company no, no, who cares? as tag team champion, I don't really think Gato would care that much. I don't either. I mean, well, let's put it this way. Where, one, where is he going to go, right? Like, where, where would he go? Like, there's... Uh, to reprise his old Camacho gimmick at WWE, of right. course. And I don't think WWE's, like, tearing down the walls just to get just him, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the value that, that, that New Japan has. And a little shocking. I'm not going to lie. A little surprising. You think you throw the guy a bone, you make him five time champion. But on the, on the other hand, if you're, if you're looking at negotiating and bargaining power, where the fuck's he going to go? I'm going to, I'm going to go to, I'm going to the States and working Indies. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. Tangalo in Battle of Los Angeles, 2019. Right. I mean, that's. You know, look, no, he, and, and the problem is, is that he doesn't have that much of a name to then 
parlay that into big time Cody Rhodes success on the Indies, right? I mean, never say never, mind you, but it you know he's just that that's just not the case. So uh, yeah, he could go to NXT, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's making more money right now than if he if he were to be signed by NXT. So I think. As long as long as he's got a job and, and he's happy, and the promotion's happy, I, I mean, maybe they throw him a bone and, and give him a, a, a lockdown deal. But eh, I, th- I think that's pretty weird if that's accurate. Kota Ibushi interview in Shupro. Quote: I want to wrestle exclusively for New Japan if I can. I want to be on every card, every tour. Damon, do you think that's him having a, a little dig at someone? Mm, yeah. I, do, I mean, do you? I don't look. I'm not going to speculate on relationship. If Dan wants to hit the sounder for the Damon speculating on blah blah blah, <laughs> right? Uh, it, it does seem like a little, a little, you know, little ding, little, 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 little jab, little jab. But that's good though, because I think that's one of the complaints if there were complaints about Kenny there were complaints if definitely were um that was one of them right so he's kind of saying the right things and and kind of putting those people's minds at ease by saying those type of things um I like I like the fact that there is no wishy-washiness there too I do like the fact that there is a solid commitment to what he wants and and that includes New Japan for for two years that's what we all want that's what we, you know, and and with the with the assumption that that two years means good things coming for Kodo Bushi, which means good things for us. Speaking of another wrestler taking on a big commitment, Show is taking over Kushida's podcast. Have you got any advice for him entering the bright lights, glamorous world of uh, wrestling podcast? Yeah, I mean, well, he's not going to have sex apparently. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, you, you right? want to illuminate the listeners on that one i saw that on our uh so voices wrestling has their uh, own slack channel very good conversation there no you are not invited to that but uh it's uh only for the elite wrestling journalists and podcasts who write stuff for free that's right that's right they do it out of their own time um it was, it was tk right our, our our good friend tk friend of the show tk uh who apparently posted an image that said something along the lines of most effective forms of birth control. And that's very good was a con using a condom. And second was, uh, I don't even know what the second one was. Abstinence. Abstinence. Okay. Not having sex at all. Okay. By choice. And then the third one, ha <laughs> LOL. Uh, it was, uh, be a co-host on a pro wrestling podcast. <laughs> David, he's not wrong. Oh, he's not wrong. Oh, I mean, but what is he saying? Is he saying that like we're responsible people that we use birth control? Is that what he's trying to say? I don't know. I think it means that us doing a wrestling podcast means that we're not getting any. Oh, which oh, you know, this is Sunday evening. I'm usually recording nine p.m. till about eleven thirty. That's that's prime time, isn't it? So he's got a point. I'm in the morning. Trust me, my wife doesn't want anything to do with me right now. Uh, can we can we play a game too? Who has a better credit score, the podcaster or the indie pro wrestler? 
Huh? Can we play that game? Who has a bigger house? Can we play that game? The indie pro wrestling po- or the indie pro wrestler or the podcaster? Who has a nicer car? Right? Can we play that game too? Who has no credit debt? No, it's not me. I have some, but not as much. Can we play that game too? Can we play that game? I'm interested, actually. I wonder how much money, how much do you think US dollars TKO Ryan would bring in a year? <laughs> I guarantee you I'll, co- I'll compare tax returns. I'll, co- I'll do it right now. I-, I won't be like Trump. I'll let you see my tax returns. I-, I-, I would take that bet tomorrow. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, great. All right, listen, that's, we don't get laid. Um, okay. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just so stupid. Stay, I, once again, stay off Twitter, man. Just, because obviously you love the vanity search and you loved, to, like, like, was he expecting to see good things about that Cork and Hall performance? <laughs> right? Like, was he expecting to see glowing returns? I don't understand. I don't understand what, like, I don't know. I don't. I don't understand it. I, I let's just leave it at that. I'll, I'll never get it. Just stay off Twitter if you. Uh, whatever. All right. What else we got? Next is best of the Super Genius twenty six schedule has been released. We got fifteen shows this year, so it's up one from last year's fourteen. But unfortunately, that means we're not getting a double block show, which was a terrific show last year. The tour is almost a week longer, but we're getting quite a few double shows in the same place. So we got two back to back in Miyagi. Aomori, Yamagata, and a triple at Karakuen. So it starts May the 13th. Final is June the 5th, of course, at Sumo Hall. And ticket info is up. And this is interesting because it's four people to a box in mm. Sumo Hall, which is quite high. And at Evan Deadly Sins W on Twitter adds that prices are quite low, only 12,500 yen for ringside seats. Cheaper than the first two days of G1 at Budokan last year. And with that four to a boxing, there's a capacity for over 10,000 attendees. So... Very, very ambitious for this best of the Super Juniors final at Sumo Hall. So you'd think they have something big planned. Yeah, you, you would think, right? Well they, well, they better have something big planned because that is that is a sizable venue when you get four asses to, per box. To, and, and for some perspective, um, you know, G1, the semifinals, when I, when I went, and this again, this was in 2016, what was it? It was uh, 25, G, G1 Climax 25. Um, the, the the semifinal matches, they're, they're those nights. It was like AJ against uh, Tanahashi, Nakamura against uh, Okada, I think it was, right? Uh, those, they had two to a seat, two to a box, right? So you could stretch out your legs a little bit. Finals had four. So they're going in with the idea of finals being the, uh, you know, the, the, the best of the Super Junior, being final, G1 final-esque, G1 final-like. That is ambitious. That is, but that's good. Listen, I'd rather, the, I, I don't think they're going to have any problems selling. I, I really don't. I, I don't. I think the name alone will make this happen um, and the buzz because people are, are, are already talking about Fest of the Super Juniors and and the element of I don't want to necessarily say surprise, but the th- big things that need to happen um, for this to be a a special sh- show and a special night and to warrant those four to a box. Okay, so you think Brand Equity will get close to, if not sell out that building? Well, if you had to guess, give me your main event. Give me a sexy main event. 
for that show? Well, if everything goes, you know, hopefully with recovery-wise, you would think you would need something along the lines of Shingo, somewhere very high in that in that mix, right? Do you, does Hiromo need to be back for that show? Does Hiromo need to be back for for that, or do we or do we wait for his return later on? Well, if you do the maths with his one thousand percent return thing, and you calculate based on the updates he's given, which date he is going to be back, which date he will reach the aforementioned one thousand percent, it is, funnily enough, this Wednesday, March the sixth, at the anniversary event. Oh, look at that! Look at that! There is a lot of talk about that. There is a lot of scuttlebutt. There is word on the street. Again, we live on a very, uh, very nice street. Very nice street. A lot of friendly neighbors. A lot of people talking. Yeah, a lot of talk. A lot of chatter. A lot of friendly neighbors. We're outside on the porch. Hey, how's it going? Good. What do you know about Hiromo? Well, come on over. Have a beer. Um, the Yeah, so that is a word on the street. So, again, nothing has been confirmed, but... Sounds like something's been confirmed with the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the cryptic messages of Hiromo and his return date. So, that- and to add more fuel to that speculation fire, who will be appearing in the third match of this anniversary show? None other than Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee, that is apropos correct. of nothing. Why is he there? Oh, just out of the blue, right? Just, just, uh, mm-hmm. uh, just you know, hey, maybe he's just in Tokyo. Maybe he's visiting friends. Maybe. Uh, he's going to uh, see the sights, right? Maybe he's just there to uh, have some delicious food. Uh, or maybe he's going to Totokan to pick up some pro wrestling souvenirs. Or maybe he's there because there's already the uh, the weaving of storyline with uh, Hiromo. So, uh, look, I think all the signs point to this anniversary show seeing the return of Hiromo, which I'm thrilled with. I know people are talking about him having to tone down his style and all that. I'm going to be true. Oh, fuck that yeah. noise. Yeah, right, exactly. I'm saying go. If you're cleared, you're cleared. Yep, exactly right. You're not going to see fucking ground and pound Hiromo, all right? That ain't fucking happening. Uh, fucking, you know, comes out with a rings jacket or a UWFI jacket <laughs> being led to the ring by Akira Maeda. Um that ain't fucking happening. We're not seeing a Sayama uh, situation here where Tiger Mask turns into sh- the fucking shoot fighter. That ain't happening. Uh, no, we're seeing it. We're, we're, we're going to get the real deal. And I'm thrilled. And I'm happy. And I can't wait. And Joel, low-key, just as the kids say, this anniversary show. Low-key's on the anniversary show. Uh, I, well, it, I think people are. I'm not. I think this anniversary show looks fucking tremendous right seven matches four of those matches are things that i am pumped for like like really good shit you have the junior tag match which is going to be great rapongi against uh, bushi and chingo you got liger ishimori for the for the junior strap you got a multi-man tag match that looks really good with Los Ingo Bernables and then uh, uh, no no uh, and you also have a, uh, what what is it uh, 
Tanahashi, Okada, and um, again, so, uh, that that, you know, that match is good. I'm, I'm then we can get off the top of my head, kids. And then you got yeah, J- we'll, we'll get onto that. And then you got we'll J- right, but yeah, yeah, yeah you got Jay White, sexy looking car. Yeah, Jay White and fucking uh, and, and Osprey. It's gonna be a good. F- and then you have the the extra bonus of everybody on the edge of their chair, hoping and praying that Hiromo comes out, which is gonna be a great fucking moment as well. Uh, do not sleep on this anniversary card, kids. This is going to be one that uh, will go down as I. Here's here's a hot take. You want some hot takes? I got a hot take. Fuck the music take. I got a hot take. This match, this just show. I I truly believe will go down as one of the top five shows for New Japan for the year. Comms, Pete. Please put it in the. You can put it in the spreadsheet now. Yeah. For year end awards. Damon said it. That's gospel. Nice. Nice. Sticking with best of Super Junior. Okay, well, just circling back to my question, what main event do you think could sell oh, out yeah, yeah, that yeah. show? I'm, I'm really good at that. Hiromu, <laughs> Hiromu versus Shingo? Uh, Would they do LIJ versus LIJ? Yeah, they could. I mean, that, I mean, if anything's going to... From a junior perspective, give me another match that's going to... That's going to give the people what they want in a big building like that, in a, in a big spotlight. Give me, give me the match that, other than that, that's going to do that. What about a Hiromu Ishimori rematch? The only problem with that being, that would mean that Shingo has to be eliminated from the tournament. And he's been so protected, undefeated so far. I just can't see it happening. I think if Shingo enters best of the Super Juniors, I've got a feeling he's going to sweep his block. I can see him winning all of his block matches. Maybe he could afford to lose a loss in the final, but I'm in two minds about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think uh, I think honestly, if if I'm if you're giving me the book, if I'm fantasy booking, <laughs> uh, um, I would have Ishimori lose in the semifinals to somebody to make it to the finals, and that sets up a, a challenge later down the road, right? Um, yeah, you could do Hiromu Ishimori at Dominion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got we got half a calendar year to go with other programs before you get to the dome. So, um, now I think Hiromu. I think I think it's it's Hiromu and Shingo. That would be that would be the marquee match um, to get everyone pumped up for that the, that final. That's 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 sumo hall worthy right there uh, to me. And I and I and. I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that match won't be tremendous. Uh, and get everybody excited. So there you go. I, I mean, and I like the fact that the ticket prices are scaled down a little bit. They're going for bodies as opposed to, you know, trying to milk every every dollar they can out of out of people buying tickets. Which that's that's pretty good. It's pretty smart, I think, too, um, to help guarantee that that building gets sold. Um, unlike G one. F- fucking three hundred dollar ticket, Jesus Christ! Uh, yes, that's a that's a, that's a good smart move from New Japan. JDM says Robbie Eagles, Gresham, El Fantasmo. Can they get Bandido in there too for Super Juniors? And Jeremy says TJP and Kenta for Best of Super Juniors. I would say Robbie Eagles and Gresham definitely. Yes, I'm sure they'll be in it. What about those other names? El Fantasmo, Bandido, TJP, or Kenta? Um. Well, uh, didn't El Fantasma win Rev Pro's Junior uh, Cup, the British Cup, whatever they call it? Yes. Right. British J Cup, I think. Yep. So I think I. I mean, look, I would. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I no. No one would. Right. 
Um, I don't know if it guarantees him a spot. That'd be the, his first appearance in a New Japan ring, wouldn't it? I mean, minus, you know, in in Japan, mind you. Uh, but they do do a lot of debuting in, in these type of tournaments. We're seeing it in the New Japan Cup, even though it's not really a debut in a New Japan ring because Mikey Nichols has wrestled on New Japan cards before. That's Dome, as a matter of fact. Um, hmm. So I'll say I'm 50-50 on him. Kenta, no. Kenta. If Ken, let, me, let me be very clear. Kenta is not being brought back as a fucking junior. If any promotion is bringing him back, he's not being brought back as a junior. That's that's not happening. Um, now, I heard Lanza, the great Joe Lanza, should I say, the number one pro wrestling podcaster who definitely is not getting laid. <laughs> um, he mentioned that, you know, uh, it's not a definite that, that Kenta is Noah bound, right? Did I, did I hear that correctly? Yeah. And also, if you look at Mikey Nichols as an example of someone who used to work with Noah, that some people were speculating he would go back to Noah, he didn't. He's in New Japan. So I don't think it's any guarantee that Kenta would go back to Noah. Right. And I think that there there's something to that, right? I think that there's... Look, he's not, he's not going to make New Japan money in Noah. Um... And even though there is, you know, the history and the uh, the assumption would be he would just be an easy fit to plop right back into Noah, and 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 if you watch Noah, and we have fans of that product that listen to this show, um, it really feels like every year, to me anyway, every year it feels like right around January, new eyeballs get put on Noah because there's people that go over. And they go to the show, and and then they're and they're impressed, right? They like what they see, but they have trouble keeping that momentum going, right? They have trouble keeping that momentum going. I, look, I I would say odds on he's he's Noah bound, but he's not going to make. If he's looking to, to to make money, we all know that New Japan is the is the way to go. I'm not saying that that Kenta is going to New Japan by any stretch of the imagination, but one, if he's going, he's 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 not going to be a, he- or a junior. That's for fucking sure. And two, I- I'm not sold 100 percent that that he he's going there. Um, I I would put the put the branded gun to my head. I and I would say Noah. Last question on Best of the Super Juniors from Mixelplix, who says, how important do you think full camera coverage for all shows is and Osprey to compete to give Juniors a chance at the Open Weight Never title? Uh, going with the second one first, I don't think Osprey is going to take part in Best of Super Juniors because he has been given a very strong push as, uh, well, I think it's, he's a heavyweight now and he's pinned a lot of notable heavyweights. He's pinned guys like Taichi, he's pinned Ibushi, he's pinned Davy Boy Smith Jr., he's pinned... Uh, Don Castle, Jeff Cobb. So I think his junior days are done. I can't see him being put back in the best of super juniors and having to take pinfalls from, I don't know, like Ibushis or Kanemaru's or people like that. So first of all, I think Osprey, no best of super juniors for him. I think his junior days are behind him. Uh, his last uh, singles match against the junior in New Japan, I think was the Marty Skull match in that uh, tournament semi-final at the 
Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which was what October, yeah, September, yeah. something like that. So he, he he's done as a junior. I'm sorry. Um, other question: How important is full camera coverage? I don't know. I I like the single hard cam shows without the commentary, but I understand if you're looking to expand, it's not good optics. I think you want all of those shows with proper cameras and commentary. So your thoughts on those two points, Damon? Ideally, that would be great, but I mean, I just think logistically that's that's a little bit of a nightmare lugging the the production and the costs and all that. If you want to be looked at as a, a major league promotion in 2019, it certainly does help. But I've mentioned this before that there are, there are times where a, again, a show in the middle of nowhere, single cam, no commentary, and you're just watching the matches. I kind of enjoy, right? There is something, there is some, simplicity to that that i really dig um and i think wwe was kind of experimenting with that a little bit like they were doing like these house shows that they were taping and they were just chucking them up on the network kind of like those and and maybe this is the the nostalgia factor in me but like like i have lots of wrestling on hard drives and i was kind of just digging through some stuff i'll just pop in a fucking like I'm pretty bad. I don't label shit very well, so I'll just pop in a random hard drive and boop, what's on here? And it's like, ah. And it's like all these old Crockett um, and the NWA house shows, no commentary, single cam. And I, just, I don't know. I just felt really uh, nostalgic for it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and I liked it. So there is, while I agree, one, you know, 95% that, yeah, if you want to look legit, you keep them to a minimum and I can understand why they do it. But there is that 5% that I just like just a simple, no commentary, no noise, no fucking just watch the wrestling. It's great. I really, you know, it's weird because not to get off into a tangent, but like in sports. So I, again, I spend a fucking lot of time in, in arenas and stadiums and it is just a con like you go to a game now Joel and it is just a constant barrage of fucking noise every stoppage of play they got to crank up music where again my computer my laptop is shaking it's so fucking loud and noise and promotional shit and it's just like nonstop it's just like just shut up for one fucking second can i have silence for once you know when it's quiet when the actual game is happening everything else is just fucking noise I, I like the single cam. That's my point. All right. Uh, I, I got a question for you, Joel. Let's because uh, again, uh, I have access to the uh, the, the Twitter machine, and uh, we're, we're kind of talking a little bit about um, Dragon Lee. We're talking a little bit about Hiromo. We're talking. The question is, and this is from KSJ49, Joel. Um, Joel, do you hate Lucha Libre and Ring of Honor as much as I do? Me being Damon. I hate it more, and moreover, I hate people who watch it and like it. So there you go. That's my hot take. Wow. Jeez. I didn't expect it. No, seriously. I mean, what's your feeling on the Lucha? Do you watch any of it? No. There's so much wrestling out there. I've got to draw the line at some point. Otherwise, I wouldn't have time to do anything else. And at the moment, I'm really getting into stuff like Dragon Gate. I'm watching more All Japan. I'm watching some Big Japan, a bit of Wrestle One, a bit of Zero One, dipping into the DDT, some Noah. So that, I think, is more my jam. 
I think I enjoy that more than Lucha stuff. So all the Lucha style stuff that I've seen, it's good. I find it entertaining. But if I've got to devote the little bit of free time that I have, I'm going to stick more with the the Japanese, the pro res than the Lucha. But what is it about? It, got recomm- what, what is it? What is it that doesn't connect with you? It's not so much a, a disconnect, more that I enjoy the Japanese style more of people, you know, forearming each other in the face and screaming at each other and dropping each other on their heads. Right. I feel the same way. What about Ring of Honor? More interested in it now that they brought in a lot of good new signings. I will always watch their big shows and for the most part, I find them enjoyable. So, yeah, I, I don't hate Ring of Honor at all. Right. I think they're in a good place and I see upward trajectory for them this year. And I'm excited to see what they've got to put on offer at Madison Square Garden because they're going to have to put their best foot forward there. So I'm interested to see who they pick in what kind of matches to say this is the best of Ring of Honor. And I think they'll do well. Will you be happy with a main event of Jay Lethal, TK Ryan, round two? Uh, if that happens, then we're selling our tickets and going to Broadway or something. Oh, very fine. I've never been to Broadway. You know that. I'm not. A, I don't, I'm not a big, big. Uh, I've never. I've never been to a play or a musical. I've never been. Never. I've never have. I don't think I would like it. I, I think I would handle it. A lot of it. I don't like people singing at me. You know what I mean? It, which is weird because concerts. But I don't like like karaoke, right? I like karaoke. I do like karaoke too. I don't. Yeah, you know what? That's a fucking shit statement. I don't. I don't know what it is. I. I just. I. I just think I've never been, so I can't really judge. And but no, we're not going to Broadway. We're going to fucking. We're getting into the nonsense. Is what we're doing. We're leaving Molly behind with the cats. We're getting out. All right. Um. I got one more question for you. Uh. I know my smooth transitions here. I'm a professional broadcaster. Hey, this is from RBX2000, Joel, and uh, this is something close to your heart. At the start of the 2019-2020 season, so next year, right, you're offered uh, Arsenal to win the league, but Spurs, Tottenham, right, Tottenham uh, wins the European Cup. Do you take it? That's a very tough question. Ooh. Um... By the way, I responded. I, I, I responded to this person on Twitter. Only real sport questions, please. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Oh, <laughs> I shots know. fired. A little bit. That's all right. I would say I would take that actually because the downside of that would be you'd never be able to live down the Spurs fans saying that they won the European Cup before we did. But I don't know any Spurs fans in Shaman, so I could live with that, and I would enjoy the glory of Arsenal winning the Premier League without having to deal with annoying Spurs fans rubbing the European Cup victory in my face. So there's my answer. Yeah, so bad. Okay. All right. And our last one, while I'm here, just because I'm in the Twitter, we we sent it out last night that I took over and sent out if you have questions. Uh, Joel, would you become a big fan of the King? And this is from uh, Tyler. Uh, would, would Joel become big fans of the Kingdom if they played uh, Shenmue? That would be a definite improvement on the gimmick. If they came out to the ring driving forklift trucks, then yeah, a big thumbs up from me. I would I would watch all their matches and I would write nice things about them on Twitter. <laughs> right. All right. There you go. So easy, easy fix to all this, all this nonsense. All right. There you go. All right. So uh, get back in the uh, driver's seat, Joe. Where are we going next? 
Something you mentioned already, which I'm going to come back to, is tickets for the G1 Climax 29 opening day in Dallas on July 6th will go on sale Wednesday, March the 13th at 12 oh. p.m. Central Time. Tickets are ranging from $100 to $300. Oh. Damon, that's pretty steep, isn't it? Oh, my God. How am I going to... Joel, what the fuck? How am I going to do this? I'm, I'm telling you right now. Uh, look, I'm going to be... I, I'm, I'm looking for... A, a, uh, a dating sites. I'm looking for because uh, I'm gonna be. I'm, it's gonna be done. I'm gonna get divorce papers served to me. It's it's fucking over. All the money I'm spending. How am I gonna spend three? First of all, I got we got mania weekend right. So we got all these shows we got to go to. New York is an expensive fucking city, and now I got to drop three. I just paid Eric eight hundred dollars for the last fucking trip. Just paid that off. Uh, where am I gonna get three hundred dollars for this fucking nonsense? I'm like, oh boy, uh, and then in a flight, and then we got to work. How about okay. you, you uh, prostitute yourself uh, for mm-hmm. MSG weekend? So I'll be your pimp, right. and we can charge like two hundred and fifty dollars for you to run your fingers through someone's hair, five hundred dollars for a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> nobody's something like that. I mean, nobody's look. look I'm eating ass for two hundred dollars. <laughs> right? I right right on Broadway. Um, Nobody's gonna do that. Look, uh, it's uh, this is an expensive fucking hobby. I th- th- do you think that's too expensive? Do you think they've overshot with the prices there? Do you think they're gonna have problems selling out? No, no, they're we're, we're maniacs. We'll 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 sell the building. It, they are high, three hundred bucks for ringside. And here's the problem. That's 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 the face value. It's not like you're walking into that and getting. And handing over three hundred dollars, and then that's that. You that's not happening because Ticketmaster are a bunch of fucking cunts, right? And they rip you off right out of the gate. Like I was like for for the Madison Square Garden show, I'm right in, I'm 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 right in the queue. Pop, boom! The minute they go and say, "Oh," the screen pops up, and I'm ready to go. And the ticket prices for ringside, I'm like, all right, you know. The, the list price was, you know, like around three or five or four or whatever. And I had everybody's money, right? They weren't, they weren't three, five hundred dollars. They were like a thousand dollars because Ticketmaster has this VIP premium, what I, where they mark up the fucking tickets themselves. It's crazy. They're not going to be three hundred dollars. That's the problem. If they were just three hundred dollars and I could just hand over three hundred dollars, great. But with fees and processing and, uh, you know, tickle your ass with a feather fee and fucking iron finger in your bumhole fees. The Ticketmaster just loves. Great callback. Thank you. That 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 Ticketmaster loves to, to, to give you. I guarantee you, those tickets aren't even going to be close to $300. It's going to be pricey. Um, And then flights and hotels. So it's, it, look. I know I'm bitching and moaning about it, and I'll find some way to get. I gotta find some way to get to England. I don't know how the fuck I'm getting England. I, we gotta get this Patreon. We gotta do something. We're not selling any T-shirts. That, that, I know that. What I get? Fucking twenty bucks last week month. I ain't get shit. <laughs> come on. Yeah, come on, people. Oh, Jesus Christ! Put your fingers, pull your, pull your iron fingers out of your bum hole and <laughs> start buying some T-shirts. Really? Seriously? I mean, I tell you what, I need to do. I need. I need to. Commission Tapler to do the scampy T-shirt. I reckon we could get a few buys out of that. You think so? I mean, I, I mean, listen. I mean, this is a production meeting on air, but 
Do we do a Patreon? Would anybody give us money for this shit? I mean, we. Do you want to do extra shit though? Yeah, that's the problem. It's that commitment to extra. I mean, I can shit. think of plenty of ideas, but again, if it starts to become a chore and we lose our enthusiasm for it, then there's no quicker way of killing a podcast right. than over exposure. I, I agree. I mean, I hate to say it, but I fucking agree. I hate that, but I. I mean, I know. Listen. Can, don't we have anybody who, nobody who listens to us has any money like any disposable income like inheritance or something you know just PayPal us a couple hundred thousand that's all we need for right now just to get us the shows right I tell you what the shows that, that get the most downloads are the shows that we're at like the you know those type of shows Tokyo Domes yeah good numbers for the Dominion review right right last year yeah I mean look just saying. Where I completely fucked up the recording with the snap, crackle, and pop sounds all over it. But <laughs> ah, it didn't seem to right. stop people, so there you go. That's all right. All right, but tickets go on sale for that. 300 bucks for ringside, and then they go up down to 100 Look, they're pricey. I'm not going to lie. They are pricey. It would have been nice to, to make them a little bit more affordable, but they got to pay for the building. I still think it's going to sell out. It's Listen, let's, let's just understand what this is. This is night one of G1. I, I truly and honestly don't believe that this will be a horseshit show. I think this will be a good show. You're not going to get both blocks. You're getting one block. What block that is, who knows, and what matches will be. But that's... that. You that, don't want both blocks. You don't want it. people yeah. think they want it, but you don't want 10 singles matches. You'd be exhausted. You don't even have that for Wrestle get... Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. You will be you get all your favorites. Uh, you get your block matches, so five top quality singles matches and a lot of fun undercard tag matches with everyone else, and you'll love it. Right. All right, so here's what we've established. One, send us money. Two, I need a sugar daddy, and apparently I'm going to be eating ass on Broadway. <laughs> you, think, you said that, not me. I know. Do you think there'll be any females that would do that? Females don't really need to do that. What? You know what I mean? I mean, not eating ass on Broadway. Not doing that, but like, like I'm just kind of thinking out loud. Like, like females don't really pay for sex. They don't really like guys. The guy thing, right? Guys pay for sex, right? Uh, I don't know. You can get male escorts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm on. We're <laughs> on thin ice here. Let's yeah. move on. I'm scared. <laughs> really? I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I think. I feel like I'm on thin ice. Thick ice. I'm on thick ice here. I just, you know, it's just like I don't, I don't really know of any, any, any female that's ever like been like paid for sex. Like you, okay. If you are a, a male sex worker and yes. you're listening to the podcast, please get in touch. with Please, us. we need to talk. Love to you. hear from you. Yeah, I need tips apparently right now. All right, um, all right, tickets. We did that. Okay, what else we got? All right, good news here. G1 Supercard to be streamed live on NJPW World, and NJPW's Japanese wrestlers have obtained their visas Yay. for the United States. Hooray! Hooray, government! Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's uh, so. Here's the thing. Here's here's the good news. That's 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 in all this. Besides the actual things happening, is that they announced it. Right? They were very proactive in saying, "Rest, rest your weary heads, kids. We, we, it's all sorted out." It's all fixed. You don't have to fucking go into a panic mode thinking you're going to get nonsense at the at the Madison Square Garden show. So uh, good for New Japan for being proactive. And here's the thing. New Japan has been, been proactive in, uh, again, not necessarily of uh, matches, right? We don't know matches because it's hard to, to do that right now. But even for the, the, the England show, 
you know, the London show. At least, you know, you know you're getting those three, the big three. And like I said, from what I understand, there's going to be a fourth one announced soon. So, um, and that I think everyone will be happy with as well. So, uh, just, uh, I think they're doing good and they're being proactive to kind of, because I think they're learning, they're learning from their mistakes uh, from the whole Carolina, Nashville tour that didn't work out very well Um, from, from a bringing people that people wanted to see over with the visas. But that's all sorted out, so that's good news. Uh, the last bit of news I get from our uh, resident music maestro, Andrew Rich, who tells me that the NJPW Greatest Music 7 CD will be released this Thursday, March the 7th, which will contain the Tanahashi 2019 mix, the Okada 2019 mix, themes of Shingo, the Evil and Sonata mashup. Although... That's not a mashup. It doesn't count as a mashup if you play a little bit of Sonata's song and then you play Evil's song. It's got nothing compared to the brilliant hybridized proper mashup theme of Hiromu and Bushi. Now, that is a proper mashup. This one is not. We're going to get Ishimori, Jeff Cobb, Okada 2018 Techno Mix, Ishimori Debut Limited Edition, IWGP Title Match Intro Video, IWGP Title Match Award Ceremony, 2018 Opening Video, Izuka 92-2000 Theme, Goto 2007-2011 Theme, Ghetto Jado 20th Anniversary, Best of the Super Juniors 2008-2013 Theme. There might be a few things here where you're thinking, hey, what about this one? So... The Ayumi Nakamura new Suzuki song was released last year, if you're looking for that. The new Suzuki theme was also released last year. Killer Elite Squad's song is available on their website. Uh, Guerrillas of Destinies was done by an outside artist. Uh, Tamatonga is working on getting the rights cleared. So for all of you fanatics for New Japan music, like myself, Thursday, going to be a big day for you. Yeah, that is going to be a big day. Um, I had a question here, speaking of music and, and themes. Um, and I can't find exactly who said it, but I just remember reading it. So I'll just kind of ad lib it. Oh, here you go. Uh, this is from uh, Alphonse Double Zero Seven Nine. Follow uh, uh, Alphonse. Alphonse. Uh, Joel, what are some of your least favorite wrestling themes? We talk a lot about our favorites. Which ones do you think are shit? Uh, which, which, or which themes just don't matter? Don't match the wrestler at all, right? So again, least favorite. Or themes that don't match the wrestler at all. Okay, off the top of my head, I'm not a big fan of Yoshihashi's music. That's a skip for me. Yep. Although it does kind of fit him because he's a little bit shit as well. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm I'm with my iTunes here. I'm sort of scrolling through okay. which ones I dislike. Mm. Yano's not a big fan of his music. Mm. This is this does not make for good podcast. No, you're doing good. My iTunes telling me things that I don't like. Scroll, <laughs> scroll, scroll. I'll tell you what. Are you uh, the one that's kind of six out from? Are you a fan of the? Um, and it, and here's the thing. It's different. I'll give them that. Are you a fan of the of 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 uh, Gods? That kind of tricky, massive attack rap kind of thing. That the new one or the old one? The old one, I guess. Uh, sex music, isn't it? Is that what that is that what you call it? Is that what you put? Wait, music. is that what you're putting on? Wait, wait, you have sex? 
Well, obviously not, because I do podcasts. It's purely <laughs> hypothetical. Right, okay. Um, but putting on Gorillaz of Destiny's theme music is only going to help my chances. Yeah, it gets, gets her all riled up. That's weird. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't talk about your wife getting all riled okay, up. Okay, here's one I've remembered that I dislike. Well, I don't know if I dislike it. Will Ospreay's music, because it's a real earworm. And every time I hear it, it's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Hum a little but bit. I'm not sure I actually like it. Hum a little bit. It's good, actually. Yeah, there's the intro. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know that one. Yeah, um, and, and then it, when you get about two thirds of the way through it, the lyrics go "Ah, spray, ah, spray," which I always find a bit strange. Yeah. How are you feeling about a uh, Goace Tanahashi's theme? Are you feeling it now? Is it is it normal for you now? Yeah, I like it. It's not as good as high energy, but I I dig it. I think it fits Tanahashi. I like the do, 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 go ace. I like it when he sings it. along to it. I like it when he sings along he, to the go ace. I, just, I find that funny. I don't know why. Uh, not even the guitar parts. I like him him playing air guitar. I just love him singing along to his song. I think it's funny. And also, if you sync it up to the Power Rangers uh, introduction video thing at the start of the episode then it matches Tanahashi's, uh, what's it called? Is it Love and Energy? Is that what the new one's called? Yeah. It fits that quite nicely. Really? Have you tried this? Uh, yeah, someone sent it to me. No, we have great listeners. Good job. All right, there you go. So there's some uh, there's some theme music uh, talk for you guys. Uh, do you, I mean, is that something that you go out of your way to, to get? You do. This is what you listen to, right? This is like your put on the, put on the beats well, and walk down the street like a badass and you listen to the fucking Taguchi's theme. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's interesting that you asked that because last year when I was in Osaka, I was so keen to get my hands on a copy of the music volume six that I actually ordered it. I, I signed up for Amazon Japan and ordered it and had it delivered to the hotel that I was staying at. Wow. Big time, fam. And the reason I did that is because there was one song in particular that I wanted. It was the G1 Climax theme. Which, when I got the CD, was the wrong one. It wasn't the one that I was thinking of. So oh. I was really upset. But then someone... Well, it was uh, the Spear Tip, who does great contributions on our Discord server. This uh, The G1 Climax theme that I love is on Greatest Music Volume 4, I think. And it's the G1 Climax... I'm going to I'm look for it properly because... I just I love this song because it was the first G1 Climax that I watched and I just every time I listen to that I, I get excited so this is uh... I'll play a little yeah, bit it's uh, on the... no. <laughs> oh I thought we were going to play it I was, I was, I, like, no, you, you're doing play. Joel's doing his DJ uh, imitator he's, he's doing a talk up to, uh, to to play the song and now hitting number 7 on the charts it's G1 Climax from blah blah blah, should blah, we blah. Get, should we get down to mix it in yeah, what the fuck? Are we allowed I mean, to do that? I mean, I mean, a little... T- like, I think we ha- we're legally allowed to have, like, 10 seconds or 20 seconds or something like that, right? I think it legally we, we can have that. And listen, put the fucking thing in. If New Japan has a problem with us putting that in there, I'll have a word with them, all right? I don't know what the fuck that means. All right, me. so this is uh, by Yonosuke Kitamura from NJPW Greatest Music 3, G1 Climax 2014 theme. And I love that song.
And there you go. You've just heard it. There Hopefully. A little taste of it. A little taste of it. Good. All right. Um, all right. So that's that for, for the uh, music talk. All right. What else we got? Well, let's preview the anniversary show. Oh, yeah. So this will be Wednesday, March the 6th at Tokyo Ota City General Gymnasium. Opening match, we have a 10-man tag with Renorita, Shota Umino, Ayato Yoshida, Toriyano, and Toki Makabe versus the Bullet Club team of Hikuleo, Chase Owens, Tangaloa, Tamatonga, and Bad Luck Fale, which should be fun. Yeah. I'm always excited to see the young guys, particularly Narita and Umino, who had excellent shows at Honor Rising. I'm expecting the Bullet Club team to win, but excited to see the contributions made by our young lines. Yeah. I mean, look, you're looking at seven matches on a show. And if you're going to circle a couple of them, maybe one or two that might not be the most uh, interesting, I don't think this is one of them. Right? I know, I know where, you, where you think where I was going with this. Because I love the ideas of, the, of, of multiple young lions, multiple veterans, and dickhead heels on the other side. Right? I think this will be fun. I think this will be a brawl. I think it'll be, you know, it'll have a little bit of everything. I think really what you'll have in, encapsulated in a five-minute match is every form of pro wrestling you can think of. You'll have brawling. You'll have heel work. You'll have uh, 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 young lions doing their young lions shit and firing everybody up. I think it'll have everything. It'll be fun. I don't again. I'm I'm not expecting greatness, but I think for an opening match, a, a gigantic schmaz. What the fuck? Five minutes. I'm all in. Let's do it. Second match is a tag match with Tohonare and Yuji Nagata versus Yoshihashi and Tomohiro Ishii. I think this will be a lot of fun because anytime you get Nagata and Ishii in the ring together, you're going to get fireworks because I think they ran a very similar match at the Izuku Retirement Show. I don't know off the top of my head. I think it might have been very close to this combination and it was a hell of a lot of fun. So not only will we get Nagata and Ishii squaring off, but hopefully we get more Hinare in Ishii because they had a terrific match last year and I want to see more of that because I really think Hinare could be a wrestler in the mold of an Ishii in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, and keep in mind that we, you do have a first-round matchup in that New Japan Cup of uh, Nagata and, and Ishii, right? First round, first first night, right? So I'm sure there's, there'll be some interaction and some heat up there as well to help continue that along. So, yeah, I mean, look... I think of all the dads, everyone kind of circles Nagata to be the, the guy who's still got a lot left in the tank. Maybe not a lot, but he's got stuff left in the tank. Um, and I think it'll be very good. And again, I think what we're doing here is we're heating up that, that first round G1 match. Or uh, G1. This, this very well could be a fucking G1. Because I tell you what, people are excited about New Japan Cup probably at G1 levels at this point. But uh, no, this is the New Japan Cup first round. So... Uh, that's where I think we're going with that. Third match, we have another 10-man tag match with Dragon Lee, Ryusuke Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Tomwaki Honma, and Satoshi Kojima versus the Suzuki-gun team of Takamichinoku, El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Taichi, and Minoru Suzuki. So I suppose the big talking point here is Dragon Lee and what he is doing there. I wonder if they might be setting up something with him and one of the Suzuki-gun guys or maybe... I don't know, it's like, like a Dragon Lee versus El Desperado. That would be a lot of fun. I think they had a, a really good match during the best of the Super Juniors, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, why do you think Dragon Lee is here, Damon? Well, again, I think uh, he kind of stands like, like a sore thumb to bring him in 
on the anniversary show just well, just seemed very random, right? Uh, again, we're heating up for Best of the Super Juniors. We're heating up for... And again, I don't want to get everyone all hyped up and it not happen, but it just all 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 roads point to a Hiromo return. So again, Dragon Lee being in the mix. If you could go back, that Hiromo Dragon Lee match, what was that? Was that the Dominion or was that... It was right around this time, maybe uh, two years ago, was it? I think it was the same... Yeah, I think it was New Beginning. Yeah, it was like... Uh, it was... Uh, uh, it was Elgin and 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 uh, Naito who headlined that show. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Um, great stuff, right? Always great stuff when those two get together. And I'm looking forward to seeing the chop battle, the slap chest battle, uh, very soon. So look, everything else to me is is gravy. I just want to see Dragon Lee do his thing, and hopefully, like I said, by the end of the night, we have some good news on Hiroma. And of course, we're building up two first round New Japan Cup matches with Honma against Taichi and Kojima against Suzuki. So expect those two to pair off and build up some hype for their cup matches. Then the fourth match, we have the IWGP Junior Tag Championship match with the challengers Roppongi 3K, Sho and Yo taking on the champions Shingo Takagi and Bushi with their second defense. I'm really excited about this match. These are the kind of matches that I wanted for the uh, Super Junior Tag League final and for the Junior Tag Title match at Wrestle Kingdom, when instead they kept giving us three ways. So I've made it clear in the past, I love getting two-on-two Junior Tag Title matches because they always deliver. Roppongi 3K are fantastic, and I think they've been kind of lost in the shuffle. They've been going under the radar, whatever kind of metaphor you want to run with. We haven't seen them showing the brilliant wrestling matches that they're capable of doing because last year we saw them at their very best in tag title matches against the Young Bucks twice. Uh, we saw them in very good matches against Canemore and Desperado and they had a terrific match in the Super Junior Tag League. I think it might have been the opening night actually against Shingo and Bushi. So if they can reach a similar level, then I think this has the potential to be a cracking match. Yeah, two things that, that stick out for me is one, Rapongi 3K has uh, a little bit more edge to them, right? A little bit more uh, grit, a little bit more sandpaper. And I think that's uh, that'll only help in this match. And two, again, this is only a seven-match card. They're going to give these kids time. It's going to be good. Again, in a title match, big-time situation. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a title change here. Would not be surprised. Um, and I, th- I think they'll deliver. Given, give them give them 15 20 you think they give them 15 20 in this I think so right I think that's uh, that's yeah yeah I think that's where we're going to be and again seven matches um this this has the this has potential Joel this has potential to be if not second best first match second match somewhere in that mix it's going to be top two I really feel it um I think they will deliver and, and they will deliver big time and with the end goal hopefully of one Shingo getting getting big time shine and two, uh, quite possibly Rapongi getting those titles back. Yeah, I think they have to win this one. It's been a long time since they had the titles. I'll have to go and check that, but uh, I think they actually lost it. It might have been this anniversary show this time last year, actually, in the three-way. Uh, if not sooner than that, maybe it was New Beginning. I will check that. But uh, I think they've had so many 
near misses yep. with these title matches that I think they've got to win this to heat themselves back up. So I could see Bushi eating the 3K and staring at the lights and Shingo moving on to getting a singles run with half an hour the best of the Super Juniors. I'm, I'm, in, I'm all on board with that. Everything that you just mentioned there with Bushi taking the fall, um, Shingo getting the shine, Rupongi getting some life back, getting the titles. I think it's a win all the way around. Fifth match is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with the challenger Jushin Thunder Liger taking on the champion Taichi Ishimori in his second defense. So a lot of people fairly, I think, said that they thought this was just a, a filler match to pad out Ishimori's title defenses. But they did such a terrific job with that tag match during Honor Rising by making Liger look like a serious threat, getting that cradle roll up as soon as the two of them are tagged in, that they have not necessarily made me think that Liger has a chance to win, but they've injected a bit of buzz into this match that I think it was lacking up until that point. Yeah. Here's what's going to do, Joel. All those near falls that you know you're going to see, all those two and three-quarter counts, all those, you know, spots where, you know, Liger has, has you know, Ishimori on the ropes, they're going to mean a lot more now. They're going to mean a ton more now. And it's going to make the match even that much more exciting. That much, You're going to be that much more into it. They did a great job with that. That, that was the simplest finish that meant the most in a long, long time in all of pro wrestling, right? It was, it was, there was zero nonsense. It was, it was, it was just plain and simple. And, but, but that just that lit, just, just something as simple as, as, as that roll up, that quick get in the ring, crowd hot, boom, pin them out of nowhere, flash pin. Might be, might be my favorite finish in, in quite a long, long time. It, and it rivals to me somewhat that Jay White Okada finish, right? Where Jay White just says, nope, switchblade, sling blade, or, you know, that's, you know what I mean. What is this finish called? It's switchblade, right? Blade Runner. Ah, what the fuck am I? I do a pocket. You know what? Fucking call Colin. Get Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Make the fucking hot tag to Colin. Uh, what about something you two should do one show together? <laughs> I would. Kill that would die. I would die. Um, all right, that's no. one for the Patreon. That's what. That's what. That's one for the fucking Patreon. Hey, if we could, if we can line that up, that's 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 a that's a that's a ten dollar entrance fee right there. Uh, anywho, Liger Ishimori, I'm excited. I know. Do I do I think that there's any snowballs chance in hell that Liger wins this title? I don't. It would be great if he did, and that's pure fandom speaking. I don't think there's a shot. But what it did was it it it's it gave me it's it's giving me more excitement for this match. I'm definitely into it. Can't wait. And I'll I'll and even though I know Liger's not winning, I'm gonna be right there taking the bait for every fucking near fall, which is what I want out of pro wrestling. Yeah, the crowd are gonna be into it and they will do that tease with the cradle and the place is gonna pop. He's not gonna win, but I'm there for it. It was gonna be a lot of fun. He's winning that title. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get another tattoo. I've, I'll tell you what. If Liger gets a, if Liger wins, I'll get another fucking tattoo. I, I prom, I'll, I'll get another tattoo. That there's no doubt. I, I, how about that? If we, if we want to make this interesting, tattoo death match. 
who cares? I'm getting a Liger tattoo. I'm not getting anything. Like, I'm not getting, like, you know, fucking, you know, nonsense. Oh, I, I literally was like, <laughs> and I'm not doing this. I want this to be very clear, people. I am not fucking doing this no matter what. But I was like, if Liger wins, I'll get a fucking TK Ryan tattoo. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I'm not doing that. Okay, so our sixth match is a six-man tag team match with Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus LIJ team of Sanada, Evil, and Naito. So there is the build-up to the New Japan Cup match between Goto and Sanada. But there's also some talk of Evil and Sanada against Okada against Tanahashi, but then Sanada and Evil lost the tag team title belts. But that's an interesting wrinkle to it. Possibly a match that they could go back to. A non-title match. Maybe even an MSG. Could you do Okada Tanahashi versus Sonata Evil there? Would be an interesting one. Um, what are your thoughts on this match? I can't imagine you you doing that at the MSG. Putting Okada and Tanahashi in a tag match. they got to be in singles matches, right? Got to be. And there's a lot of people that, that have Okada placed in that finals. Right for the New Japan Cup and 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 actually winning and and challenging Jay White. Listen, there, look uh, on on uh, wrestling. Pronounce the word omakase. Help me. Is that it? Yeah. Okay, that was close. Um, we were t- actually discussing, you know, the finals and who we thought would win. There, there are there are people that not only on that show that not only believe Okada's got a really good chance in winning. New Japan Cup, but but winning and taking the title from Jay White at Madison Square Garden. There's a lot. There were there were, there were more than one that that believe that that to be the case. Um, I don't think that you need to necessarily do that, and we'll explain later and talk about that in a moment because I want to stay focused on this anniversary show. But um, I can't imagine. I, I think I think you have to have Tanahashi and Okada in singles matches on that Madison Square Garden show. So if we look at this match, then you got to think the purpose of it is to have Lij winning, and then your Lij roll call, and then maybe a certain someone coming back, right? That, that would be a perfect spot for it, wouldn't it? Um, and I, I, I did see online uh, some some additional Hiromo stuff where. Uh, he was getting phone calls, and uh, one of those phone calls was from Sonata. So um, I think people are expecting some decent results from Sonata in New Japan Cup. I know earlier in the year we had we had heard a lot of rumblings about Sonata and uh, another company that might have interest in him, right? You remember back there. So let's see what he does in New Japan Cup. Everybody has this idea that this is his year, this is a time that he's going to do well. Well, let's see. This is going to be proof in the pudding, and th- this I think this result will help uh, you know kind of project where he's going to be landing come New Japan Cup time. So let's say Lij win and Naito brings out Hiromu. How do you think Dragon Lee figures into that? Do you think he comes out afterwards to challenge Hiromu, or do you think Hiromu comes out to challenge Dragon Lee after the Dragon Lee match? Or how, how does this all play out? Great question. I don't know. Um, you, you're bringing Dragon Lee there for a reason, right? So it could very well be after that match, after that second match. Um, to me, it, it 
feels a little bit more dramatic having Dragon Lee come out after Losingo Bernables leaves the ring, right, and challenges Hiromo. Um, I think you want that LIJ moment. I think that the, the LIJ moment is, is going to be more impactful than Hiromo showing up after a random multi-man tag. So if I'm doing it, I'm doing it uh, after LIJ victory, bring him out, and then you know, after L- the rest of the members of LIJ leave, then you can do the challenge from Dragon Lee. Okay, then our main event, the seventh match, is the anniversary day special singles match, champion versus champion. Neither title on the line, but we have our never openweight champion, Will Ospreay, against the IWGP heavyweight champion, Jay White. Now, I'm going to ask you a question here from Liam, who says, how excited are you for all the Jay White detractors to watch him pull out another four and a half star match against Osprey and then decry him for not putting on good matches in brackets I think there's a real possibility of getting Jay facing Osprey and then Ibushi which I think would be a deliberate move to get the kind of excitement into his matches that some have complained is missing that's a knock on me isn't it <laughs> um, I, I again I've and I've said it from the jump that one of my favorite matches was Will and Jay, Ring of Honor, best match on the show, and that was a handful of years ago. Will Osprey can have a, a good match with a pair of fucking socks at this point. He's going to get a good match. It's and and here's the thing: it's not like like it's going to be a struggle. It's not like it's going to be Tanahashi trying to get a good match right now at a Tenzon. Jay White can fucking go. We know this. I'm not worried about this match at all. I think it's going to be great. Um, I don't want to, you know, are, are we talking New Japan Cup things? Because I don't want to tip my cards on who I think is winning. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the that, that danger element that I talked about, that, that blow-away match, you, you, can, you can absolutely have that with Will Ospreay. And you can absolutely have that with Kota Ibushi if, in fact, you think he's going to win the New Japan Cup and Madison Square Garden. I truly believe you could headline with Ibushi and Jay White. I think that's buzzable. That's a buzzable fucking match. Um, will they do that? We'll see. But, yeah, any those two matches, if, if they were to come about, would be fucking great. And Jay White would have a huge factor in those matches being great. No worries. I'm looking forward to the inevitable spot here of Jay White countering the Stormbreaker into the Blade Runner. I mean, because that has become Jay White's trademark is countering other people's finishing moves into his own finishing moves. So I think, yeah, I agree with Liam. I think it's deliberate that we have Jay White facing Osprey here. And then, well, I gave my predictions last week. I think Ibushi's winning the New Japan Cup. So having back to back matches for Jay White. Will Ospreay and then Kota Ibushi, we're going to get those two exciting matches. And again, there is that thing hanging over him. Can he break the four and a half star ceiling? Do you think there's a chance of that happening at this anniversary show? Yeah, absolutely. I really do. He's in the ring with Will Ospreay. You know, I like I like those odds. Is, is four and a half the, the, the barrier, the bar? Is that is that where we have to get over? I can't name any Jay White New Japan matches that personally I rated higher than four and a half stars. Okay. To me, that's been a ceiling so far. Can- what about you? 
Yeah, it's probably uh, maybe even a, a smidge lower. Four and a half is a really fucking good match. Um, all right, we'll set it at four and a half. If four and a half is the, is the bar, that's a high bar. Listen, I know it's going to be more than four. I know it's going to be more than four. I'm I'm pretty confident it'll be better than. I, I listen. I think people are going to fucking go crazy over this match. I really do. I think if 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 there's going to be a, a a match where people are going to lose their shit for Jay White, this is, this has a real good opportunity to be the one. Two other things that I think are notable. Here. I may have mentioned it last week, but first of all, is this is Will Ospreay headlining this show for the second year in a row. And the next one is that we have two foreigners main eventing the New Japan anniversary show. Yeah, that that's 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 a rarity. New Zealand and uh England. Huh. I mean It is odd, and especially for a New Japan anniversary show of all shows. Significant, historic. But I gotta be honest with you, it doesn't and this might seem a little bit hypocritical. Still feels like a New Japan show, right? I don't. I don't think people are complaining about it in the sense of it's not an authentic. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see people online say they booked two fucking they booked you know two non-Japanese guys in the main event of the of a New Japan anniversary show. I don't. I don't hear that. I don't see that. It feels authentic. No, it's a match that that totally makes sense. Yeah, and I think is indicative of the. Western expansion for New Japan, how it is reaching international, making international stars, reaching international audiences, and I think it's appropriate for the zeitgeist, if you will. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I legit, I've, I didn't even bat an eyebrow, an eyelash. You bat eyelashes, you don't bat eyebrows. Uh, over that, didn't even give it a second thought. It feels authentic. It feels, it feels legit. Um, I got no. I got like you know I don't need Tatsumi Fujinami to come out to make it fucking <laughs> you know feel more legit. I, I I'm I'm feeling pretty good about the the authenticity of a New Japan main event here on the anniversary show. Okay, well that's it for the anniversary show. I'm certainly looking forward to it. I think there's potential for some matches to break into the notebook to hit the top ten, and yeah, like you said, for this to be a show of the year contender. So really excited for it. Uh, like I said, I, I, I mentioned it earlier. I really do think it's going to be on paper. It looks really good. I think there's going to be plenty of uh, nice little surprises and moments and uh, it's building up for new Japan cup, which is going to be solid. And I think we've got again of those seven matches four of those really have the potential to be great. So um, I think everybody's going to be tuned in and excited. And uh, as the kids say, let's not sleep on this show because uh, everyone is excited about new Japan cup right around the corner. Let's dig into the question backlog then. Uh, another question from Liam. Just me, or has there been a marked increase over the past 12 to 24 months? Re people's impatience to resolving stories and spitting out big matches. It's rather irritating. People fantasy booking Jay to lose at MSG. The resolution of Jay Okada at MSG. People wanting Okada Ibushi in a 3,000 seat venue for the New Japan Cup Finals. Everything to do with Naito stands. People wondering if Umino is going to skip excursion. Omega returning to New Japan at MSG. Shingo to heavyweight. To name a few examples of people demanding that shit happens right fucking now instead of waiting to let things develop and grow okay now i'm going to give you the flip side in this day and age in 2019 that would be 
the exception to the rule. And and while I agree that uh, that in many cases a slow burn is is the best burn doesn't necessarily happen all the time when you consider injuries, contracts, all that. New Japan is one of those promotions that does do as best as they can when it comes to that. Now, I'll address one thing here, and that's the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. People's first title defenses and title, excuse me, title reigns, it's not uncommon for that first title reign to be a short one. And just in recent times, we've seen that. Naito comes immediately to mind. Even even there was a, a reign of with AJ, it wasn't that long, right? Uh, so it's not uncommon. Again, even in modern New Japan, where that that is the case. Personally, me being the person that does enjoy the slow burn, does enjoy the long term story. I would pref- I, I I would in my mind the best way to go would be absolutely would be have Jay Wade hold on to that title. Dome season is when we start talking about losing. The argument on on John Carroll's show, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it anymore, is and was big show, Madison Square Garden. You got Okada waiting there, sitting there. You're the, quite possibly your biggest name. And I think everyone feels eventually Okada is going to get that title back. Why not here? And if not, why not here? Then then Okada loses in the first round to Michael Elgin. Right? There's no point in having him go, you know, into the second and third round just to lose. Right? To me, it feels. Quick. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the meltdown if that happened? If if big the Twitter meltdown. If Big Mike pins Okada. Yep. I mean, again. The, the 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 talking out points where hey if he, if he's not going to win it have him lose in the first round right because there's no point in having him lose in the second round or the third round um so it's all or nothing right it's pretty much all or nothing with Okada it, it was the general consensus uh but there were again there were people that that said hey you know what you're you're ending the first time anybody's run Madison Square Garden other than WWE in 60 years. Let's let's go out with a bang. Let's go out with a memorable moment. I don't know if Jay White pinning Kota Ibushi is a memorable moment as opposed to Okada pinning Jay White winning the IWGP heavyweight title in front of 17,000 fans at Madison Square Garden. In New York City, at WrestleMania. Oh, now you said that. Now you said that. I want to see that. Right. Because we were so desperate for the returning, the recrowning of the Rainmaker at Wrestle Kingdom 13. Right. And it was snatched away from us. Right. How about it, Joel? How about it? How about that pop? How about that pop? Here's what New Japan wants out of out of Madison Square Garden. They want people to leave that building with their mouths and eyes wide open saying that was fucking great. That's what they want. 
because they want to build momentum. There is no other way to build momentum than to get 17,000 people leaving that building, getting on their stupid cell phones and mobile devices, and tweet, tweet, tweeting away. Right? That's what they want. That's what they want. What other, what other way are you going to get that? Again, I don't necessarily believe that to be the case, but I've talked myself into many different scenarios over the past couple of days, and that's one of them. Okada is either winning or he's losing in the first round of Big Mike. I can't imagine it being any other way. Let's stick with the MSG questions. Uh, Nicole, Booze Leprechaun says, what do you think of Ibushi Naito for the IC title and flip it to Ibushi? So we could have Ibushi beating Naito in the New Japan Cup to set up a future IC title challenge. That's that's what I have, right? I, I actually have Naito losing in the first round, right? Because it makes it, there's so much benefit to Ibushi beating Naito because I can't imagine Naito winning the tournament, right, and challenging Jay White. I just because you're wasting a title match on that show, you're wasting a title defense, you're wasting uh, a big name that you could put in into this into a spot on that show instead of having him challenge for the heavyweight title. It, and it does set up future challenges from Ibushi. If, again, you believe Okada doesn't win or Okada wins the tournament. If you believe Okada wins that tournament, what you've done is, is, you, is you have Ibushi beat Naito. Sets up intercontinental title matches down the road. Handpicking hand them right there. So, yeah, I, 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 I do see that. And, and, and we're on the same page when it comes to Ibushi and Naito down the road. Let's stick with Ibushi here. So King of Scotch Star says, Okada as Chaos Leader, White as Bullet Club Leader, Naito leads LIJ, with Tanahashi being a transitional champion and presumably moving down the card eventually or swiftly leaving on top. Who becomes future leader of the regular army? Obviously not saying Tanahashi is on the way out, but who could you see as the future leader, Ibushi? Now, I know you're not hot on the factions question, so I'm happy to take this. I think if Ibushi is putting all his cards on the table with New Japan and is going to commit to them for the... Long term, I think he would be a great choice as the leader of the, the Hontai, the regular army, because everybody loves him. He's the consummate baby face, and I think he'd be the perfect pick for that role. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. That's the, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think Tanahashi's going away anytime soon. I really don't. I mean, everybody's kind of – everybody's been writing him off for two, three years now. He's sticking around, and he'll be there for – He'll be there for a long time. We we have plenty more time. Oh yeah, Tanahashi, that's for sure. Yeah, this won't be any time soon, but in the future, I think it's a, a decent shout. Yeah, um, I'm keeping an eye on the kitten because I'm worried she's going to do a wee on the bed. Uh oh, come here. Uh, okay, next question then. Oh, and don't forget, Damon, if you have some questions you want to ask me, feel free to jump in. Tyler says, with the amount of wrestlers who could be in the G1 at an all-time high, any chance we see New Japan change the format to have four six-person blocks with the winners going to a semi-final round before the finals? Now, given that they did expand the New Japan Cup, this is not out of the question, is it? No, it's not. Um, no. No, it's not. Not out of the question, actually. I mean, what are you thinking? 
the only thing that makes it tricky is from a scheduling standpoint because it's very easy to have it all set out nicely when you've got the two blocks of 10 wrestlers. So having four blocks of six will complicate things slightly uh, in as much as getting through the matches on time. I don't know if they, they haven't announced any dates for the G1 yet, but yeah, expanding it by an extra four people, I I could see it. And I know some people have even suggested having a tournament at the, these two dome shows. So you have the semi-finals on night one and then the finals on night two. I mean, that could be a way to get there. So yeah, it could happen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck a a, a non wrestling question at you here. Uh, let's see, good old uh, real Rob Goodwin asking, what made you move to China, Joel, to teach? He's intrigued, as I'm also a teacher, and wondered how it compared to teaching in England. Come and join me out here, mate. It's terrific. I could not see myself teaching long term in the UK because it just the amount of work that you are expected to do is astronomical and it was just such a grind and I found myself getting really depressed teaching in the UK. Mally was getting depressed living in London. It's too expensive living there so we thought we'd go to Asia so there are a few options for me. It was either Xiamen in China, uh, Fukuoka in Japan or Jeju in Korea and Shaman ended up being the better package. So I've always been a person who's enjoyed living in Asia. I used to live in Bangkok for two years. It also was never actually my intention to live in China. But when I got the offer and I started looking up Shaman, you, you do a Google image search of Shaman, X-I-A-M-E-N. It's, it's a beautiful place. It's I think it's the most livable city in China. So... It's just a terrific place to live. My job is great. It's a lot easier compared to what I did in the UK. And I don't have to do stupid things like, you know, all the paperwork they have to do in the UK, like lesson plans and individual education plans and constant monitoring and observations and all that shit. I don't have to do any of that. I can just concentrate on teaching the kids. So it's great. Nice. All right. And uh, lastly, let's get another question in. Um, again, non-New Japan related. Well, kind of New Japan really. Richard Carlson. The great Richard Carlson checking in. Uh, Joel, did you get uh, Fire Pro Wrestling promoter mode? I didn't. I haven't got Fire Pro Wrestling at all. No? I got it. No. And, and I got the promoter, promoter mode. I do have it. Yes, I got it the day it came out for 20. How is it? Tell, sell it to me. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, you know Fire Pro already, so you would know all the benefits of that. Uh, my biggest concern first was um, when you first get uh, the promoter mode, you had the option of doing um, what they call custom league or custom promotion and then a new promotion. Like It's two different options. And I went with new thinking, okay, I want a new promotion because I'm starting this game out fresh. Well, they only give you the, the, the characters that come in the game. You can't use your custom created wrestlers or the ones that you download online, right, which is the, the draw of the game. So at first I was like, what the fuck? This, I don't want to use these – fucking shit faces i want to use the you know the the real wrestlers um but then i figured out you use custom so if you go custom you can you start out with only five five people though so it's a little tough at the beginning um trying to get shows and you got to get freelancers and all. i like it so far i've only played it once i only had time to play it once but um it's kind of like what i wanted right and that's how i play the game anyway i never like control a wrestler 
uh, I always let it sim and just put together wacky matches and and watch the fucking matches like a fucking mania. Yeah, you know what? You're probably right, TK. I don't. I I shouldn't be getting late. <laughs> You're, you know what? You're, you probably have a fucking valid point at this point. As I watch Sim, like my wife will be like, "You're not playing the game." Now I'm watching the game, and she just looks at me like, "What the fuck?" Uh, so, yeah, right, there's probably a valid point. All right, so it's good. I would, uh, and and again, I think it's on sale until like the sixth. I want to say so. Um, get on it. It's 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 good. I, I definitely enjoy it. Uh, here's one from friend of the show, Kyle. Says, I've had many discussions this week with many people. Is the IWGP curse thing? Ever since Wrestle Kingdom 12, I felt the guy that held the belt is cursed in the opinion of the fans. The moment you put that big gold belt on, you become an instant target for mostly unwarranted or excessive criticism. Everyone is quick to forget about Okada almost a decade ago. Give Jay White time. If he bombs in a few months, then go to town. It seemed that White was almost universally praised after the Okada match and throughout 2018. It's weird to see such a turn of opinion so quickly. Seems that if your name isn't Tetsuya Naito, people are going to shoot down the chat at any opportunity they have. And I'm going to throw another question in there in the same lines. Andrew says, why do the bad people still disrespect Jay the Switchblade? Seeing a lot of very wild takes on Jay. People saying it's going to ruin New Japan. They're cancelling their subscriptions, etc. Why are people so upset about it? One, I think a lot of it is bullshit, right? It's just internet chest pumping. Uh, look, I think in every sport you have that, right? Guy signs a big contract, and then you're always going to have the you know the naysayer or the, the person who's like, oh, well, he's really not really worth all that much money, uh, or or you know his his RBIs have dropped, and you know just you know it, you always have that. There's always that element. And yeah, when when you put the big gold belt on people and put the spotlight on them, it does. You know, it's like holding the record up to the fucking light and looking at the scratches. Sounds good, but look at all these little nicks. And and again, you you could focus on the nicks, you could focus on the scratches, or you could just put the fucking needle on the record and let it play. Um, some people can do that. Some people can't. The, the, also, the challenge is this. People like to discuss their passions, and people like to discuss their interests. Um, I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, um, and especially in pro wrestling, where there's so many different varied opinions. There are people that think Omega is shit across the board, and there are people that fucking will travel the world for him. There are people that think Okada couldn't sell Right. Imagine that there are people online that will tell you Okada can't sell. You know, um, there are people online that will tell you that the Bushwhackers were really good, that that the honky tonk man is a truly deserving Hall of Fame. You know, and, and you might laugh and you might be like, what the fuck is this person talking about? Uh, one thing I've learned is that. There, there's, there's, there's always one person. There's always one person. You could be like a per, a, a pro wrestler could take a literal shit in the ring, Joel, and there'll be one person in the crowd standing up and being like, you know, he really cut off that turd with fucking panache. There's, there's always going to be one person. You can't get riled up over that. You can't get riled up over that. Good advice there for Tico Ryan. Don't listen to the critics, mate. Yeah, fine. But I would say that I really would. 
I mean, it, look, if you're a pro wrestler, here's the thing. Understand that they're, they're, we, we are passionate about what we, what we enjoy. We enjoy what you, what you, the craft that you're involved in, right? And it's okay, you know. Take the Kelly, Kevin Kelly advice and take that, the, the criticism and, and be better or, or not. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't, I don't give a shit, right? But we, don't, we want you to be good. Right, we, we. I mean, that's I, nobody wants to sit around and watch boring wrestling matches. Like we don't get, we don't get fucking boners watching average pro wrestling matches. We want it to be good. You know, I don't, I don't know. Okay, what else we got? Jeremy says, are there any non-wrestling podcasts you guys like to listen to? I like Small Town Murder, Crime and Sports, and Time Suck. Quality stuff. Uh, I'll throw a few names of stuff that I listen to. Ask Blog. The Arsenal podcast, that's really good. And no, Scampy, I don't listen to that one. Oh. Grand Sumo Breakdown, which is a good listen if you're into the sumo. Uh, How to Survive, which is Joe Sherville and Chris Morris, they do kind of funny reviews about uh, horror films and talk about how they would survive those horror films. Uh, Jim Quisition with Jim Sterling, that's a good one. Uh, Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge podcast. Uh, just scrolling through here. The Shenmue AM2 podcast, of course, for Shenmue devotee like myself. And today, explain Vox and Stitcher. They do good stuff, like a little twenty-minute uh, digest of the big news stories. And yeah, that's those are some stuff that I listen to. What about you, Damon? I do. Um, so for me, uh, there's one that I really enjoy. It, it's called uh, Goodfellas Minute, and what they do is they break down the movie Goodfellas in minute blocks. So they just talk about the first minute. Then the second show is the second minute of the show, and the, or the movie, the third minute, and it, and they just break it down. You talk about us being nerds. These guys are. Sounds nerds. like Joe Lanza would love that. It's his favorite movie. It's my favorite movie too. I mean, it's, I, I kid you not. Anytime it's on. Now, what I watched the other day, I watched My Cousin Vinny, and and my wife's like, why, why are you watching this? And I was like, what one? Marissa Tomei in this movie is hot as fucking hell. Like I am in love with her in that movie. Two. It's um, Joe Pesci is playing like Joe Pesci doesn't have a huge dynamic range, right? He's playing a uh, you know uh, Italian mobster esque type character in every fucking movie, Casino, Goodfellas, this. Um, but it's a comedy, so it's so it's even funnier. It's even greater than Goodfellas. Um, but they break it down minute by minute, um, and and it's just I, I don't know. I love the movies. It's and so so that helps. And just little nuggets of information. Like, that guy in that scene, in that minute, he played, you know, Ron Howard. And, you know, I don't know. But, you know. So, it's that kind of geeky stuff. So, there's like 130 episodes because, they again, they break down each show, each minute of the movie. They, they dedicate a full 15, 20 minutes to that one minute of the movie. So, if you love Goodfellas, I highly recommend that. Um, and then, it's I got, I got a lot of hockey. So a lot of Maple Leaf stuff. So there's one. It's called Leafs Geeks Podcast. Speaking of nerds. Um, it really started in soccer or football. Like the analytics of, of the game, right? The the number crunching and how that impacts play. Um, I'm really into that. I really I really enjoy that. And the graphing of that and that kind of nerdy shit. Um, and, and Leafs Geeks, uh, the guy in Toronto, Maple Leafs being my favorite team, he dedicates 
a lot of that talk to how it impacts the Maple Leafs and how the success for for them. So um, I, I definitely do enjoy that, and I think that, that he has a good firm handle on that, and I like the flow of it. Um, and then aside from wrestling ones, um, there is one. It's called the Paid Search Podcast, and it's all about uh, paid digital marketing. Um, and I like them because I like their honesty, and I like the fact that they cut through bullshit because there is so much bullshit in that industry. Um, it's it you know just you know people just you know there's a lot of talkers but not a lot of doers in 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 paid search. Um, and these two gentlemen seem to to have their 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 a handle on that, and they are honest in results and and what has worked for them and what doesn't quite work and what's bullshit and what's snake oil. So um, I definitely listen to them because I do usually get some good stuff out of them. So, um, yeah, those are probably my three go-to podcasts besides wrestling ones. Uh, for video game fans as well, I recommend checking out Watch Out for Fireballs. And they do really good deep dives into classic games, some modern stuff as well. Like, for example, they did a, a four-hour episode about Resident Evil 4. So if you're into that kind of stuff, then definitely check that out. Okay, um, Vase Collector says, if what you're hearing is true, that New Japan is coming into an acquisition phase, who might you want to see New Japan acquire from Dragon Gate, All Japan, Noah, Big Japan, or other Japanese domestic promotions? Not a lot. I mean, look, I'm, I've always said that they... I'm not a big fan of poaching those independent talents in the sense of hurting them from 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 surviving, right? Again, from a Dream Fire Pro Wrestling standpoint, yes, of course we would want Miyahara, and we would want uh, you know uh, um, you know any any one of those big Japan beefy you know uh, Ryota Hammer. <laughs> no, not him. Anyone but him. But you, you know, like so. There's there's plenty to pick from. But I just don't like the fact that you're poaching talent that's going to hurt a promotion survival because it's not only the guys and young ladies that are in the ring it's the camera guy it's the guy doing the video p- packages it's the guy taking tickets it's the people setting up the ring it's the people hustling putting up flyers and posters all over Tokyo in the cities that they travel it's the bus driver that impacts their lives too when promotions shut down so I know that's not necessarily the answer that you want to hear, but that's my true, honest, heartfelt answer is is I really don't want them poaching necessarily from Japanese promotions. Um, again, fire pro wrestling aside, I just think it hurts more than than it helps. Now, that's not to say that New Japan isn't actively pursuing some cases, but I don't necessarily think that th- they're focus is going to be Japanese promotions and poaching talent from them I agree with you I enjoy the fact that there are other promotions where I can watch these guys shine rather than see them get snapped up by a bigger company where I would see less of them and I think a lot of people do like that kind of stuff because it makes it easier and faster more convenient for them to watch those people that they like but I don't think it's the best way to consume it I would rather go for example and and take my time and watch a 25-minute pack versus KZ match in Dragon Gate rather than having one or both of those guys sign to New Japan and work the undercards, for example. But strictly from 
uh, signing that I think would fill a hole in New Japan, I would like to see Big Ben from Dragon Gate. So Big Ashimizu and Ben K, who are one of my favourite tag teams, I'd like to see them tear it up and dominate the IWGP heavyweight tag scene for years and years. That's a good one. Um, Dragon, can Dragon Gate really afford to lose more people? I mean, gaining Pac was a, was a definitely a, a nice grab. And I know that, like, I was actually having a conversation with uh, London Joel um, about Kenta and the, the possibility of him going to Dragon Gate, um, which I did not see. I, like, I can't see that happening. Um, and, and here's the thing. I don't know too much about contracts, Dragon Gate, and all that. But if you wrestle for Dragon Gate, it's not like you're working for other Japanese indies, right? So it's not like you you can go and and I do they have the kind of money and the kind of wherewithal to be able to sign a guy like Kenta? And would they even want Kenta? I think they're doing really well at the moment. They're in a great spot, so I hope they manage to keep hold of everyone they've got right now. And they're doing a particularly good job in building their young stars. Guys like a Shun Skywalker. So I hope they do manage to keep hold of all their key names there because they are on the up. They've got a, a looking quite healthy at the moment. Skywalker will be in New York, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's on uh, one of the uh, WrestleCon shows. Yes. Yeah, there was a bit of drama <laughs> about that and Voices of Wrestling, but we won't go into that now. But yes, he will be there and he deserves his spot there and definitely one to watch for the future. Yeah, All right, so we're ready for another question then. Uh, hmm. Rob says what do you make of all the recent random tag pairings random teams such as Yoshihashi and Honma and Taguchi and Goto taking on established teams on recent events it feels like at the minute they're just picking names out of a hat it does feel like that to me it feels like like the, the Gado can't be bothered anymore with that distinction between Chaos and Hontai he's just like ah whatever Taguchi Japan Chaos Hontai they're all the same shit they can all team together at the moment I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to it, personally. Yeah, I, I think I, th- I, I look. I know the running joke is that he doesn't give a fuck about tax teams, uh, titles all the way down. Uh, I could I could see where people would think that. Yeah, I mean that that's 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 a that's a a common and truthful and there's plenty of validity to that criticism of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Violent Skipping says, between a strong main event scene and lots of mid-card talent, does New Japan have an issue in the upper mid-card intercontinental region? Outside of previous champions, who on the roster is currently positioned to credibly challenge Naito without damaging him or the belt if they win? For me, there's Juice and Osprey who already have singles titles and will presumably need to progress from there to IC. ZSJ and probably Ishii. Evil and Sonata could be in the mix, but Evil feels stronger but fell short recently, and pulling them would hurt the tag division. Well, as we touched on earlier, I think Ibushi would be... I don't think he's won the IC title before. I think he'd be a really good champion and he could have a cracking match with Naito, win the belt without hurting Naito, to free Naito up for going after bigger and better things, and I think Ibushi would be a great IC champion. Yep. Again, not to beat the dead horse, but I think that's exactly what Ibushi is his relatively near future will be. Right? Look, if if Naito wins G1, uh, I think that helps, you know, alleviate 
any idea or any pressure on him to win the big one or you know or or finally get his due. Uh, if if he does win that G one and, and as you know people are kind of penciling him in to do, uh, I think Abushi would be a fine fine intercontinental heavyweight champion. Okay, uh, some questions then about. Young Lions who are away at the moment. Goldberg Rule says, where do you see Kawato slotted once he returns from CMLL? He's been pretty bad, my Lucha friend can confirm. He seems more David Finley tier than Juice tier to me. And then a similar question from Emilio says, obviously too early to really tell, but how do you think Great Okan and Kawato do when they come back? They were both pretty good to degree as young boys, but both seem to be having a really tough time on their time away. So you know, we've spoken about this before that the success of your excursion doesn't necessarily speak to you how successful you'll be when you come back. As you look at a guy like Evil, uh, Roppongi 3K being good examples of people who didn't do a great deal when they're away. So I don't think you can pay too much attention to how great Okan and Kawato are doing at the moment. But what do you think their ceilings are when they return? I, I, don't, think, I don't think they'll be in a position... Anything less than rocket strapped on to their back. I don't think that you bring a guy back with the intention of, well, you're going to sit in lower mid-card. And I, I, I think that the initial buzz for their return will be strong. And what they do and how people react. I mean, look at Evil. Evil might be the perfect example of this. When he debuted, he took off that mask, that hood. Half the building didn't know who the fuck it was. Right? And they had to be reminded of, oh, yeah, right, Watanabe. Right? Looks a little different. Right? Then he debuts, and he's wearing that fucking robe, and he's carrying around that... Dollar store Halloween sickle, and he's pointing a fucking laser pen at people, and you're sitting there thinking, what in the blue fuck is going on? Now, let's fast forward. Big wins, big tournament wins, some titles thrown in there in the mix. You, you make a star. He's a solid upper mid-carder is evil. And a gatekeeper in Los Ingobernables, which is not a bad spot. And I, you kind of start there. Like he, to me, he sets the bar. Hiromo, my, you know, before the injury, was the guy for the juniors. He was the guy. I think those two are the bar that that are set. Look at Jay White for Christ's sake, right? Again, you're not bringing those those guys back again. One, let, as Joel said, let's not put excursion and how they're doing there and the lack of success. Let's not read into that being anything that'll happen when they re-debut in New Japan. But I think that you go into this. With the idea of, look, no one was complaining when Kuato left. No one was saying, ugh, what are they going to do with this guy? Everybody everybody was like, go on excursion real quick and come back, please. We miss you. We want you back as soon as possible, please. 
right? He'll be fine. He's going to come back. He'll be he'll be fine. He'll be a star. He'll he'll be in the mix. There'll be buzz when he comes back, and and we'll see where that takes him. But give it give it a little time. It's not going to be superstardom right out of the gate. But he'll be he'll be in the mix for sure. Aspir says, how much does enjoyment play into deciding your ratings and match of the year list? Could you vote a match or match of the year just because you enjoyed it more, even if you have better matches on your list? I definitely think so. I think match of the year and ratings has got to be subjective. For me, I'd give something a high star rating if I was there in the building and if it connects with me on an emotional level. Like, for example, the New Japan Cup final last year with Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi. I had that scored a lot higher than other people just because I love Zack Sabre Jr. And I was jumping out of my seat for joy when he beat Tanahashi because I was a big fan of his. So I think definitely there's got to be a personal element to your match of the year ratings. Huh. I'm going to disagree to a certain degree. I I I because I, I kind of try not to, Be, like like here's a perfect example, like Roddy Piper was one of my favorites growing up, right? And I thought every Roddy Piper match was great because look at the heat and look at the look at look at the fucking fans wanting to kill him, and you know the fact that he was able to 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 get this out of a crowd every time he came out. But in hindsight, and looking at those matches, those matches really weren't that great. Um, I, I I try to be as objective as possible. And when you talk about emotions and talk about you know, getting drawn into a wrestling match, I like it better when it's a guy that's not necessarily my favorite and not necessarily one of the people that I go out of my way to watch. And I watch a match, and they do that. Like, to me, that's even better. Because I'm almost going into a match expecting my favorites to make me feel good. I don't know if that's necessarily a a prerequisite, making me feel good. Like, my feelings, I don't know if that necessarily means that something is good, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you fucking uh, a suede album is better than like the most important Beatles album. It's like jazz and rock, right? Like people like there, Noel Gallagher had an interview. He's like, "Name uh, you like jazz?" And the guy the interviewer was like, "Yeah. Uh, okay. You think it's great? Yeah, I think it's one of the greatest things, you know, musical genres." He's like, uh, "Okay. Name me a great jazz song." Uh, uh exactly. Okay, he named some fucking song, probably Miles Davis, because that's what everybody does. Um, all right, is that Miles Davis song better than the best rock song? It's not. It's not. That's my point here. I think that there's certain things that that I try not to let my liking, and I just kind of let the match stand on its own merits. Um, I mean, that's me. Just because you like something doesn't mean that it's great. And I try to recognize that. I might think it's great, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is great. Does that make sense? Yeah, but when I see someone's match of the year, like top 10 match of the year, I want to see which 10 matches 
you like the best, not which 10 were the objectively the best matches. I don't want to see a list that's like, you know, you've got a cage match and just pick the top 10 matches with the highest average. I like to see a few sort of strange picks in there and little personal stories as to why that match clicked with you because that's why? what makes it interesting. Really? What, what makes that interesting? Well, why why the, would anybody give a fuck what I think? Star rating, the whole point of star rating and having these lists is that it's subjective and that everyone's going to be different, that your idea of something that was enjoyable is going to be different from someone else's. It's good to get that aggregate score so you can sort of see general trends. But for me, when I'm seeing match of the year stuff, I like to see some outliers and some matches that are in there for personal connections or because they were more of a spectacle than stuff that is objectively, yes, uh, you know, 100 people voted this and uh, the majority of them agreed it was five stars or whatever. Right, but... I, I I think that there has to be a common denominator with what is a good match, don't you? Yeah, and like I just can't. I say, guess like, the people whose matches that I, I would be talking about here are people whose opinions I respect. So, for example, if you have a match on your top ten, then I would assume yes, that is a quality match. Like I wouldn't expect you to have like any two and a half star matches on there. Right, and I think that 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 plays with just about every every form of entertainment, right? So if it, if it were if we're talking about music, you know, if I go on Pitchfork, I might not find. I you got to know what you're getting your fucking self into, right? You know, if I go to Pitchfork, I'm guaranteeing you I'm not going to see the music that I listen to be rated highly, or maybe it might be just because, you know, I, I you know I say that I don't I don't know I, I but I'm I'm doubting that I'm going to see a fucking Jesus and Mary Chain album rated, maybe Psycho Candy, but that's about it. Um, and, like, movies, probably, right? I would think that would be the case, too. So, yeah, I mean, you gotta kind of have to know what the the person, you know, what, what they enjoy and what they kind of get a feel of their tastes, and then you can kind of make a decision off of that. But no, like, I don't know. Like, really, you want to see a list? I don't know. I just... I hate that this is going to sound like a total fucking twat statement, and I'm, I'm apologizing in advance, but yeah, it's that, but that's not even true. I was going to say, I don't care what anybody else thinks, um, because I like what I like. I don't give a fuck, um, but I don't think that's true either, because you're right. The people that I do respect, and I, and I, and you're right, I don't necessarily want it to be a circle jerk, and, you know, it's like, you know, maybe exposing myself to new thoughts might be a good idea too because I do tend to run in the same crowd of people liking the same shit right but I guess that's what connects people to people you like the same shit I like the same shit we have this bond all right I'm talking in circles go call Colin (laughs) (laughs) all right ready for another question yeah one more question let's go Okay, uh, Mike C says, given New Japan's ability to elevate stars quickly, for example, ZSJ's New Japan Cup run last year, Jay White's rise, who are your leading candidates for breakout roles in the company in 2019? Assuming Shingo would be part of that list, but who else are your potential sleeper picks? Shingo's on that list, obviously. Um, sleeper. Chase Owens. I have Chase Owens going deep in this New Japan Cup. <laughs> I, and, and they were laughing their asses off on that on the John Carroll's show. They were like, "You're a maniac." I have I've Chase going deep. I really do. I think he's going to have a. Sol- I mean, look, he's not going to win. He might win the U.S. title. Could you see Chase winning the U.S. title? 
No. 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 Never never six man world. That's it. That's his that's his ceiling. Yeah, I think so. I got him winning the Intercontinental title. <laughs> no. Um I do have him beat and I, again, the, my brackets are probably for shit right now, but I have him I haven't beaten Juice 